All right, Steve Palmer here. Lawyer talk off the record on the air. It's another Blitz Wednesday here flying solo this time. The rest of the crew not able to make it. Uh, They actually do have regular jobs, but we are waiting any second now to interface with the Blitz. Uh, And as everyone knows, we are taking calls, free phone-in legal calls, that is, uh, for folks looking for legal advice. Uh, let me just remind you that if you have your own questions and you do not get through to the radio or just want to go directly to us, check out Lawyer Talk Podcast. There's an email interface. Shoot us the question, and we will address it right here on our podcast. And that is exactly what one avid listener did. They had a question. What does it mean on my traffic ticket when they do not check the little box that says FR shown? So what they're really talking about is – insurance. And anybody who's ever had a traffic ticket and actually went to court, or even if you didn't go to court, uh, you're going to be asked in Ohio and probably just about every other state uh, to prove that you had auto insurance. This is called the Financial Responsibilities Act. uh, And that's why it says FR. It stands for financial responsibility, meaning you are responsible enough financially to have liability insurance, uh, at least the minimum coverage when you're driving. Now, what does it mean if that box is checked? It means that you show or you showed the officer at the scene that you had insurance. And this is going to come up anytime there is a moving traffic violation. In other words, if you're driving a car and get a ticket for drunk driving, for speeding, for reckless op, for drag racing, whatever it is driving your car, you have to show insurance. And if that box is checked and you just pay the ticket, uh, then you're fine. Now, if the box is not checked and you just pay the ticket, you're going to get a letter at some point in the future from the Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles. And that letter is going to say, you have until X date to prove to us that you had insurance, that you had financial responsibility. If you don't get that letter and it goes to a different address, if you just ignore the letter because you have a tendency to ignore stuff, or you just simply blow it off even though you knew that you were supposed to do it, uh, you're going to get a license suspension. In other words, there is a consequence to this. If you don't show that you had insurance, they're going to suspend your license. And once you have your license suspended, you end up with all sorts of related problems, reinstatement fees, uh, not able to drive. Now, you can, get, you can get driving privileges to and from work on these suspensions, but it's not so easy. So when you get that notice, when you get pulled over, show the officer that you had insurance and you don't have to deal with this. All right, it looks like the Blitz is at the ready, so we are going to interface live with the morning crew on the Loper and Randy Show. Dial 821-9970. If you need free legal advice on Loper and Randy, better call Steve. Hey, Steve Palmer, how are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. Open invitation for people that uh, need legal advice right now, Uh, 821-9970 or... You guys can uh, reach us via text at 99700. Hey, so I had a question for you, man. In the news recently, they've talked about uh, Pennsylvania changing the law, the entire like constitution of the state, uh, where they're going to take voter ballots three day, up to three days after the election. How is that? How is that? Well, this is this is a really interesting question. I saw the same story. And, you know, generally speaking, the state elections are the state's uh, responsibility. So uh, what uh, traditionally you don't want the federal government sort of cramming down how the election will uh, will happen. But this is uh, and I understand there has been some federal review. I think there was a case up in Wisconsin at some point where a federal judge did something with this. But Man, it, it's going to get really, really crazy if we have standards that permit 
mail-in ballots after the close of the election. You know, uh, generally speaking, if you would go with the postmark on the letter, um, but uh, okay, you, you know, yeah. but let's say I think that the Wisconsin case didn't even set that as a standard, or you know, they might be going on when it's received. And you know, what do you do if, if say, you stick it in the mailbox and on the right day on November third, and uh, uh, it's not picked up and postmarked till the fourth, and you're going to say, wait a minute, uh, you know, I, I, I stuck that in there, and how you'd prove that one way or another that your vote was counted or not, I have no idea, but. I think that sort of exemplifies how crazy this could get. And can you imagine? So the next day, your candidate doesn't win. And, you know, we all know that's pretty divisive right now. Uh, so then you get thousands of people in Pennsylvania, which is a battleground anyway, saying, all right, on the, they're going to wake up and say, this isn't looking good for my candidate, so I'm going to go mail in a ballot <laughs> and, and vote the other way. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, who knows? And then people... Yeah, back in the old days, there were lawyer tricks. I've, I never did this, but you know, it's like people would have the little postage, mechanical postage meters, or they would stamp it and try to turn back the the the, the metered uh, stamp on it, and all sorts of crazy stuff is going to happen. Right? Yes, I've heard of that before. That's so funny. Yeah, because all right, so we have a text coming in. You guys want to go to the text? So sorry. What were you saying? No, Steve? No, I'm sorry. I, th- I was thinking. Yeah, we do want to go. I, I was thinking. Uh, Randy's got a text. We should take that call. I did you. You could sense I it. Could, I could sense <laughs> it right through the the could airwaves. You sense it? Yeah. All right. All right. This uh, this text is from Carrie. She texted in, and she said, "My roommate misplaces items and claims I stole them to the point where she'll call the police. Police come. They don't arrest me, but they're getting very tired of coming out for these calls." We both own the house. We're both on the deed. We're just business partners on the house. I cannot afford to move out. What can I do? Wow. Uh, I was going to say move out, but, you know, she she basically put the kibosh on that. Uh, I don't know what you can do here. I mean, this is uh, this is a tricky one. And I always tell people, it's like, remember for, for how many years we've been doing this, it seems like we always get calls about real estate where people have bought a house with somebody else uh, and then they're stuck with it. Um, and it's really difficult to get out of those kind of legal uh, relationships. And whether you're married, not married, or just friends or business partners, once you are in that kind of uh, contract with somebody, it's very difficult to get out. And then these personal things get in the way. I know that's no no answer to the question. Uh, other than I would just say this, just keep doing what you're doing. Obviously, you're not stealing anything. You're not doing anything wrong. Sooner or later, these things uh, tend to resolve themselves, right? I mean, there's a reason that the boy who cried wolf is a story that we all know. And sooner or later, as the police are getting sicker and sicker of this, uh, they'll just stop coming or she'll get a warning about making false reports or uh, or being or doing something else to abuse the emergency system. So I guess all I can say is make sure that you know that you're not doing anything wrong. And, you know, it's really hard to say, how do you not keep doing nothing wrong? Well, you just say, keep doing nothing wrong, I guess. All right. Another one came in from Derek and he said, all right, so if I skip court, will there be a bench warrant for my arrest? Because my crime I committed is a shiplofting, God, shiplofting case. Shiplap. It was a shiplofting case. Two pirates. It's a shoplifting case. $32. I'm thinking of leaving to another state. That's what they wrote in. Yeah. Is that okay? I, I mean, Here. is that really a question? It's like, is it okay to, you're yeah. charged with a misdemeanor of the first degree, a crime that can put you in jail for up to six months and it could result in a fine of up to a thousand dollars. 
And, uh, you know, the question is, is it okay just to run away? Um, no, it's probably not. Uh, what they would do is this. Uh, they would issue a warrant uh, or an order in or a bench warrant and uh, because you didn't show up. And then sooner or later, the chickens always come home to roost. You know, you may move to another state and it may not come up for years and years and years. But one day, somewhere, somehow, you're going to be pulled over and there's going to be a warrant for your arrest and they're going to be able to verify it and then you're going to go to jail. Or you could just deal with the charge. I mean, depending upon what is on your record, depending upon the circumstances, uh, these are very, very manageable problems. In fact, a lot of courts have diversion programs or other uh, other types of things you can do to avoid a theft conviction. And and really, the last thing anybody wants is a theft conviction. And, and uh, let me just expound on that for a second. Every time you filled out a job application, and I understand now most of those are done online. Back in my day, when you wanted to work at Dairy Queen, you went in and filled it out. Right. They, they yeah. always ask you uh, a couple standard questions. And one is, have you ever been convicted of a felony or a theft offense, misdemeanor or felony? And there's a reason. You just don't want theft offenses on your record because people look at that uh, as if you're dishonest, as if you're not reliable, or uh, it's a reason not to hire you. So I urge you not. You're a thief. Yeah, yeah. you're a thief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I urge you, call me, 614 224 6142. I will work out a deal with you. I'll do something. I'll help you. I'll help you, friend. Uh, don't just skip court. It's never a good idea to run away. It's good advice on something that, uh, yeah, that's a really bad idea. 821-9970, 800-821-9970. We'll come back with Steve Palmer and your questions in the final segment right after this. All right. While we're waiting on them to uh, come back from their break, let me just follow up with uh, one or two more points about this FR and insurance. Uh, first of all, you only need to have the mandatory state minimums of insurance. It's not that much money and it's well worth it. Secondly, if you get caught and you don't have insurance, you, you, you risk running into what I call the Bureau of Motor Vehicles meat grinder, where you end up with a suspension. And then if you get caught driving under suspension and you still don't have insurance, then you're going to get double suspensions and triple suspensions. And here's what happens. It gets really, really expensive. Reinstatement fees add up quickly. Uh, multiple suspensions result in other multiple suspensions, and it's like the old commercial, and so on, and so on, and so on. And it gets really difficult. The deeper it gets, the harder it is to dig out. It's an exponential problem. It's not just like solving one. You have to solve multiples. And then each one of those, if you're caught driving, becomes driving under suspension and uh, is really – it's, like it's a misdemeanor of the first degree and, and the maximum fine is 1000 bucks and six, potential six months in jail. And believe it or not, there are some courts around Ohio that will actually impose pretty significant jail sentences for this. Now, fortunately, most courts are somewhat sympathetic to these issues and they will give you an opportunity, particularly if you're working with an attorney, say a good one like Yavich and Palmer – uh, they'll give you some some leeway here to get time and try to try to at least, if not get completely valid uh, driving again, at least get on the road to where there's a, there's a definitive end to it. But again, uh, pay attention. Make sure you don't let that insurance lapse. And then, heaven forbid, if you end up in a car accident and uh, you actually need the insurance and it lapsed even for like a day, I've worked on many a cases where there is no coverage and people start. Uh, jeopardizing uh, their financial uh, future. You know, you're, you get sued for some sort of injury accident and things uh, spiral out of control quickly. So that may be more than you wanted on the FR slash auto insurance question, but 
That's how we do things here at Lawyer Talk. Uh, it looks like the Blitz is ready to come back on, so let's interface now. All right, Steve Palmer's here giving some legal advice live from his office, straight to wherever you are. And uh, we have some uh, text message questions for Steve. Somebody texted in a very interesting question about what, uh, asking what is the standard for harassment online? And they linked us to the story on NBC4i.com. And it's a story about a candidate for the Ohio House of Representatives that uh, covers the Worthington and Dublin district. Uh, this Republican, Mehek Cook, is trying to unseat Democrat Beth Liston. And she is claiming, uh, she's accusing the husband of her opponent, uh, Mehek uh, Cook, is claiming that Beth Liston's husband is uh, harassing and intimidating her because he's been sending her emails and posting Facebook messages and making telephone calls demanding that Cook stop airing a campaign commercial that he says falsely accuses his wife of wanting to defund the police. Well, she says she's sick of getting all the messages and she feels like it's threatening and harassing. So she filed a complete, a police complaint. And do you think she'll get anywhere with that? Uh, well, that's a, like anything else in law, it's a big, maybe, uh, it's a big, could be, there is a law in Ohio. It's called uh telecommunica- telecommunications harassment, uh, and, and basically it's, it works this way. So if, if somebody tells you, Hey, quit bugging me on the phone, quit texting me, quit, uh, hit me up electronically somehow, some way, and then they keep doing it, it might be, uh, it might rise to the level where the police would say, all right, enough's enough. They don't want any more communication and charge you with this crime. I mean, it's, you can look it up under Ohio revised code 291721. Uh, 21. And again, it's there. It's not uh, it's not always the case, though, that if you go make a complaint to the police that a crime will result. And I hate to say be a squeaky wheel, but sometimes being a squeaky wheel helps, ironically, in a harassment type case. Um, you know, if you go to the police and make a report, uh, that's that's sort of the first step. Then notify the other individual in writing. Make it clear. Make it obvious. Make it so there is no question that you don't want any more communication, whether it's through or with the help of the police or just directly um, and then every time there's communication out of that, make a report. And eventually you're going to get somebody's attention. You're going to raise the ire of the police and or the prosecutor's office, and they may do something about it. Um, the, uh, there's other civil remedies uh, that are non-criminal, like uh, if it rises to the level of, of what would get you a protection order, a civil protection order, uh, you might qualify for something called a, uh, an anti-stalking protection order. Uh, particularly if it's if it's gotten so bad that you're worried for your own safety or that uh, it's causing you some mental distress. But uh, there's some options out there. You just got to be vigilant about it and make a report every time it happens. And uh, and then eventually, I think the police will do something about it. All right, Steve Palmer, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much, brother. Uh, if they want to get in touch with you off the air, it's one simple number, and they can do that. Yeah, it's easy. 614-224-6142. Or even better, check us out at ohiolegaldefense.com. We have a little uh, uh, email interface or whatever you would call that. It goes directly to my phone. And uh, if it's after hours and there's an emergency, uh, just put the number in your phone now. My man, Steve Palmer, the one and only. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you next week. You bet. All right. So that uh, wraps up another Blitz interface on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we're bringing this to you as these these shorts every week. I will do my best to get them published every week. Hopefully we have the crew here, the Lawyer Talk crew, uh, back in action uh, next time. But 
it, it, I am always here and always ready. And uh, to the extent you want to uh, get your own questions answered, you want to be a guest on Lawyer Talk, it's simple. Go to uh, lawyertalkpodcast.com. Uh, shoot us an email using the very simple, easy to understand form that you'll find right there. Uh, and it'll go to us and we'll get you on. Have a topic you want us to discuss, shoot us the email in the same way. Uh, got a legal question, shoot us an email. Uh, just want to say how great we are, shoot us an email. And as always, we are coming at you from Channel 511 here at Studio C. Uh, it sounds awesome. Why? Because Freddie B is making it happen. Looks awesome. Why? Because Dan Buckley of Dan Buckley Photography, our partner here, is making it happen. Uh, check out the Comedians on South High. Uh, and you can go to ComediansOnSouthHigh.com, the upcoming comedy show. That's right, a live comedy show featuring none other than the stars of Comedians on South High and others. You can get your tickets at ComediansOnSouthHigh.com coming up November 12th, I believe. So uh, until next time, this is Lawyer Talk off the record, on the air until now.